Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Bike Walk Wichita monthly podcast. I'm Kim Newfeld, Executive Director, and I'm at headquarters today recording with Amy. Hello, everyone. Spring is officially here, although I'm sure we'll have at least one more snow. So thanks for tuning in and joining us today as we talk all things Bike Walk. I am so thankful for this spring weather and being able, you know, to open back up and oh see more gosh. people. Isn't it yeah. wonderful? Yeah, seeing people and meeting in person more is just, it, it is such a boost. And I just love seeing everything, you know, greening back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, hopefully it won't be too soon. Hopefully we won't get a cold snap right, that right. kills all the, 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 the flowers and buds, but it's beautiful, and, yeah. of course, you know allergy season then right uh, here right. comes the sneezing and stuff so yes, yes. but just very excited and we have a big announcement uh for this month so last month we introduced you to kevin our new recycle shop manager i know a lot of you have dropped by and said hello and he's had a great time meeting all of our people well with his additional help we are able now to open up our recycle shop five days a week. So. I don't think Kevin wants to have a life. Yeah, he obviously <laughs> is all in. Like, he is he, all in with us. He, I tell you, like he's having a good time back there. So I hear the music going, I, the, the power tools, all sorts of stuff going on back there in Recycle Shop. So if you haven't been by, come and check it out. He has expanded the retail area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yesterday we gave away four bike vouchers. Right. Um, it was just, it's hopping back there yeah. uh, with the weather picking up. Yeah. So. So what are our new hours going to be? Yes. If you uh, want to come by and work on your bike, or if you want to come in and volunteer, or check out our expanded retail area, drop in Tuesdays and Wednesdays, 2 to 6 p.m., Thursdays, 4 to 8 p.m., and then Friday and Saturday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. So I'm excited. It should be more useful. Right. For the uh, bike community uh, to be able to come in, get parts, make repairs. And uh, help out. Yeah. And so this is effective April 1st? Yes. So we are all in. This will mean, though, that we need a lot more volunteers. Yes. So if you can help with a shift, all of these days are broken down into several shifts so that we're not asking you to, you know, spend uh, half a day with us. Let Kevin know. Mm -hmm. He would love to have you. Uh, We're looking to uh, get some more recycle coordinators and... Uh, really expand our operations. These are the in-house operations. Of course, right. we have the whole outreach. Yes. Um, yes. So you will find Kevin, Carrie, Allen, and Allen, all sorts of bike uh, repair volunteers out in the community. Yes. So. Yes. And and what kind of bike skills do you need to volunteer in the recycle shop? You need absolutely zero. We will definitely find some stuff uh, that you enjoy. Right. So there's everything from cleaning up a kid's bike, maybe just pumping up the tires, making sure they're all inflated right. and ready to roll out when and the kiddos just, come in. You know, some of them just need some minimal wiping down yeah, cleaning and up. cleaning up. Yeah. Some of the bikes coming in are brand new now. We are actually receiving some Amazon uh, returns and other things coming wow. through United Way, which we really appreciate that partnership. And uh, so some of them are literally brand new bikes that literally just need uh, wiping down. So. Love to have you. Uh, you can also check out our website. Uh, there is at bikewalkwichita.org. There is a volunteer button right on the front page, mm-hmm. and it can take you right in to recycle, and you will be able to see all of these shifts and sign up where you would like. Right. Thank you. And we are we, excited. We can't wait to see you.
So I'm also excited to see our calendar filling up. That is the best part of this time of year. Yeah. Like you kind of go from a few events and not knowing about weather and everything and mm-hmm. then just full on. We it's it's pretty zero to 60 this kind of time of year. <laughs> That's right. And we are pumped. So check out our calendar online because we are adding stuff almost daily mm-hmm. and also Facebook for actual uh, event information as well. So what we have on our calendar for this month, we have our Walking Wednesdays series mm-hmm. every Wednesday, 6 p.m. The location moves all around the city. So check out that calendar or Facebook for event locations. Those are led by our pedestrian work group and they, they pick some really good spots. Those are, those are going to be good. Then uh, we have our Evergreen group and they are doing Thursday walks at 6 p.m. starting here in April. And so that will be leaving from the brand new Evergreen Community Center and Library. So there's restrooms, mm-hmm. water. It's a great location. You can socialize before or after the walk. Yes. Uh, so, you know, grab a friend, invite them out and uh, you'll have a really good walk. Uh, for Evergreen. Also, Sierra is leading our Fairmount Sunday walks at 2.30 p.m., meeting at 15th and Gentry there at Fairmount Park. So literally, you can get in three walks a week with groups <laughs> if you're looking to, you know, right. get out and walk and socialize. Yeah. It's a fun time. And it's it's all different parts of the city. It is. It's fun. In addition, uh, April 10th, we have our second Sunday Slow Roll and Stroll and then we're going to head down south and meet up at Chapin Park, which is an awesome location. And we will be riding the uh, Arc River Path down there. And it's mm-hmm. it's just beautiful. This time of year, it should be really nice. So yes. Then I'm really excited because April 16th is our very first bike jam of the year. Oh, my goodness. Kids and bikes. What? That's I right. Mean, that's going to be fun. It's perfect. And so we will be at Unity. They are at 21st and Oliver right there uh, on the uh, corner. From 10 a.m. to noon, and they're having uh, an Earth Day celebration, mm-hmm. and we'll be there with our course. So if you are an adult or have kiddos interested in learning to ride again, this is a perfect opportunity. We will have cycling instructors who can help anyone uh, learn to feel a little bit more comfortable on the right. bike and give you uh, good advice and yeah. instructions, you know, if you're interested in, in certain things. so. And I know a lot of adults are getting back on the bike after yeah. decades of not being on the bike. And I, and there is that saying, it's just like riding a bike. Well, bikes change. And some of them have a lot more gears and different yeah. ways of shifting. So if you just need some help getting familiar with how to shift, mm-hmm. then stop on by a bike jam. Really, uh the best thing you can do to improve your safety is just basic bike handling skills. The mm-hmm. starting, stopping, shifting in our course will definitely help you out with that. So come on by. April 21st is our Bike Walk Wichita monthly meeting, followed by our social hour. So come by, learn about all the efforts that are going on within our organization, the latest bike, like city news, uh, bike ped news. And uh, then, of course, stay and, and hang out with friends. We'd love to see you. April 22nd is our Earth Day cleanup at Dr. Glenn Day Park uh, from noon to 3 p.m. And we are partnering uh, with some brand new partners for this. They contacted us, knew that we did some other cleanups. We, of course, said, of course, you know, Earth Day. That, that makes perfect sense. So, yes. And that area has definitely, it's been probably four years since we've done a cleanup in right. that area. And yeah. um, it definitely has become overrun. Mm-hmm. So we could definitely use some help. April 23rd is Celebrate Trails Day, 
and Prairie Travelers will be hosting a special dedication and ride. So make sure you check uh, their Facebook or website page for those details. Mm -hmm. And then finally, we'll, we're ending the month, April 30th, with a bike decorating party at Evergreen. So come bring your bikes, adults, kids. We will have all the fun uh, tissue paper and decorations uh, to really make your bike pop for the next day's yes. Open Streets ICT Nomar event. That way you can be all colorful, right? Uh, ride your bike in that event. So <laughs> come on by, check out the calendar mm -hmm. though, or our Facebook page because we are continuing to add events all the time. All the time. So hope to see you out and about. Well, next we have our interview with council member Maggie Ballard, and we hope that you enjoy this segment. Hello, today we're talking with the Wichita City Council Member for District 6, Maggie Ballard. Uh, newly elected and been in office for a couple of months now, right? Yes. All right. Uh, we're recording this in March 2022. Welcome to Bike Walk Wichita. Thank you for coming. We look forward to our conversation. Yeah, thanks for the invite. We'd like to begin by just having our guests introduce themselves. What do we need to know about you as a council member and a member of the community? Sure. Um, well, I am a born and raised here in Wichita. Uh, I've grown up in Riverside and actually still reside in Riverside. I love everything about Wichita. That's why I came back here. I, I went away to school uh, in Lawrence for a couple years, came back. Bought my first business at 22. I used to own Maggie Scotch and Soda. It's like a little karaoke bar at 13th and West Street. So I had that for about 12 years. And during that time, I also bought the Riverside Perk, which was a little coffee shop in Riverside. It was also my first job when I turned 14. And then I started working at Comcare for a couple years and then started my campaign. And here I am. All right. Well, we are Bike Walk Wichita. One of the questions that we like to start out with is, what's your experience with walking and biking and transit in Wichita? Well, I, uh, I have an 11-year-old son, so uh, we are walking or running or doing something outside that involves a ball at all times. We both do love to ride bikes. I've done a century ride. I've done a couple triathlons, okay. a half, a marathon. So, yeah, I have a little bit of experience with that. My dad's always been a huge biker, and uh, so he rides his bike every day that he possibly can. So, yeah, I mean, we use that the bike passing a lot, and transit is a little bit more difficult. I knew that before, but now kind of seeing the city side of it, the lack of funding, they are really struggling in the staff area and ridership. So that is something that I want to try to focus on a little bit to maybe try to reduce the stigma for maybe who uses transit. Uh, I think if we want to if we want to be a big city, then we need to act like a big city. And I think it's difficult with the number of routes that we have right now for people to depend on it to get to work. They can't take two hours to get to work and, and switch buses and all of those different things. So that is something that I is high on my list. I know with the multimodal project that's going to be going on, you know, we've kind of talked about some park and ride. So I think we just need to talk about it a little bit more and encourage more ridership so that it makes more sense to get more buses and trolleys and have better incentives to make 
people want to work for the city and and want to drive the buses because we're competing with school buses that don't work at night, don't work on the weekends. So we need to make sure that we are able to get up to speed so that we can retain some help. So you've been in the news a little bit lately. Yes. If you don't mind, I'd like to get into some of the issues that uh, raised there and Mm -hmm. uh, give you a chance to talk about them. Sure. First of all, there have been a couple of issues regarding public works in your uh, district, the mm-hmm. planned closure and rebuilding of the Amadon Bridge, mm-hmm. and then also the recent series of articles on the Wichita Beacon about the unpaved roads. Yes. We can get into the, the details if you would like, but really what I would like to ask about is just how do you approach questions like that? What's, what's your view? What, what do you look at? Well, I've always... Um portrayed myself to be a really good listener. So I'm always, and I have been impressed with people taking the time to reach out and actually ask a question. It's very easy to complain on social media or you know to your friends or whatever, but when someone actually takes the initiative to reach out to me to ask a question, which sometimes I don't know the answer. A lot of times I don't know the answer, especially in engineering, just things that I'm not super familiar with, but learning and getting better. <laughs> So, you know, then I go to staff and it's kind of a a learning opportunity for all of us. So I knew that we had a lot of unpaved roads in District 6, but I had no idea that we had the most unpaved roads in the city. So that was kind of interesting to me uh, to learn that. And most of them are north of like 21st Street as they get you know, a little further north in the district. So I think we just have a real open conversation about it. There's other council members that I've talked to about this really recently within the last couple of weeks. And we're all on board to kind of see what that looks like and, you know, what our options might be. And some of the council members would like to try to be aggressive to start laying down paving, possibly not have the curves you know the curbs where you know they're gonna have drainage and all of that but we are looking at that and it is high on our list so I mean I live on 13th street so I certainly have a paved road but I also have heard you know some of the disadvantages obviously of not having paved roads so I think just starting those conversations in public and getting some feedback and seeing you know what we can do I mean we would all like to just you know have a magic wand and and fix things but everything does cost money and everybody's short on labor so we're just kind of looking putting everything out there like this is the problem this is what we're able to do what does the timeline look like what do the finances look like is there infrastructure money we talked a little bit about that in dc last week so there is a lot of opportunity right now and i think we're trying to capitalize on whatever we possibly can with what we have to work with Um, those conversations are definitely happening like right now and honestly I have never really heard people complain about that before but I haven't been in the spotlight either Mm -hmm. to be the go-to person either so Mm -hmm. it's all been really interesting uh, to learn a little bit more about and realize how much it bothers people Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of conversations about some of the other districts might pay in more money to taxes and a lot of those areas have paved roads like they don't really have to worry about that I can just tell you that those conversations are happening and we're going to try to do the best that we can because we can see how important it is to a lot of our constituents all right I think that was focusing mostly on the on the paved roads Mm -hmm. issue 
if I had to guess, I would think uh, that a lot of the same answer applies to the Amadon Bridge. <laughs> yes, yes, that has been a hot topic, which, I mean, rightfully so. It's it's a really big project for a lot of reasons. There's a lot of moving parts. The bike path goes underneath, which you guys are well aware of. Comcare is right there, and so mental health is really near and dear to me. I, I know transportation is very difficult for some of the patients to get there already so having this extra hurdle is not doing anybody any favors and it might just um, discourage them from going um, altogether it affects transit fire department ems all of the businesses we're barely coming out of the pandemic hopefully so it just creates a lot of problems we'll say so i have dealt with fire and engineering to really talk about what does that look like? I don't think anybody is arguing that the bridge needs to be replaced. It's almost 70 years old, and the underneath side is a little scary. If you go look at it, there's definitely some structural issues. And it's old. I mean, it, it's taken a beating. So, But what does that look like for everybody else? We have five plans that we're looking at all the way from, like, let's wait a year to closing down completely to one lane to two lanes but we do have some different options. It's an unusual project because of the river. They replace bridges all the time, the Harry Street Bridge, Pawnee, Lincoln, and all that. But you could go up one block and get through. There are no easy detours. Um, one of my biggest concerns is fire. And ideally for me, we could keep at least one lane open so that people could travel from the north to the south for like 15th and Meridian if they had a fire over there mm-hmm. like we could at least get across the bridge and mm-hmm. get back in otherwise the detour that they're suggesting is to go to 21st to West Street and basically turn where OK Elementary is at 15th and come back in and I mean you're talking doubling and tripling response times so that's something that we struggle with a little bit already mm-hmm. um, response times I think we all learned that with EMS <laughs> in the last six months or so I just don't want it to have to be somebody's family member or for them to live over there to understand how important it is for everybody you don't want it to be just kind of out of sight out of mind because you don't live over there and it doesn't affect you so I've just been trying to have these really open honest conversations with people there is no perfect solution it needs to be done but we just need to see what the best solution is that we can kind of come up with maybe together and delaying it or leaving one or two lanes open it does extend the length of the of the project and of course it's more expensive i've learned so much about bridges they can only (laughs) work in the river like certain months because the water could be you know they can't do it when Mm -hmm. the water's potentially high we're looking at those kind of timelines to see what that looks like a lot of those conversations are happening i think most people realize that it's going to be inconvenient but I think safety needs to be our number one thing to look at to to see what works best for everybody. Yes, we have a big meeting tomorrow, a big hopefully turnout to engage some of the community. You also mentioned uh, that you just recently returned from Washington, D.C. That was, of course, your first trip as a city council member there. How was that and what did you learn there? Yes, it was great. It's actually um, the first time that I'd been to D.C. altogether. It was really interesting. I love that it was pretty fast-paced. I told my mom that I I couldn't believe. It's like being in Vegas. Nothing looks that far until you start walking. (laughs) And then you realize how far it is. But we had a great time. Uh, We had a conference. 
Uh, the majority of the sessions that I went to were regarding um, transportation, the infrastructure bill, and mental health. Those are all things that are pretty important to me. Also interesting, I've never ridden the scooters here, but I walked to the Lincoln Memorial and it took me like an hour and I was (laughs) like, oh my gosh, it's getting hot. And so I got on one of the scooters and had way too much fun. And I was like, (laughs) why is this taking me so long? I know why, because Paxson would want to be on there too. And I'm like, I don't even know if you're old enough yet. Let's not break (laughs) the rules. But it was very fun. And I was really surprised to see just how many people were on the scooters, Mm -hmm. tons and tons and tons. Um, That was really fun to see and, you know, kind of um, how they work in a big city. And I mean, I see people on them here. So that was really fun. But as far as the conference goes, again, they were kind of breaking down the infrastructure bill and talking about there's a lot of opportunities with transportation, roads, buses, uh, moving more to electric because we've all seen the gas prices. So all of those things were really hot issues. And it was interesting, too, to be able to talk to council members from all over the United States that were there that are dealing with similar issues that we are. Nobody needs to reinvent the wheel when you can Mm -hmm. talk to a city similar to our size um, that we can kind of talk to. So that was nice to kind of build those relationships and have somebody to call on later on if we need to. Well, let's switch away from some of the bigger or or sort of infrastructure type issues and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing and focus smaller in in a way. One of the things I do in in doing these interviews is to look at uh, other interviews that you've done or articles about you, your campaign web pages and that sort of thing. And one thing that struck me in reviewing that for you is that a lot of your interests, a lot of the things that you're focusing on overlap, it seems, with a lot of the things that we do. For example, one of the things in your in your background is starting the Paxton's uh, Blessing Box, mm-hmm. which focuses on providing items to uh, homeless, low-income, whoever, really whoever wants them, and so forth. And we are also focused a lot on servicing that, that population in our recycle program. We take donations of bikes, we fix them up, and we essentially give them away. And a lot of our clients are, are the same people, I think, that the Paxton's Blessing Box is, is directed to. What we've realized in, in working with a number of different organizations that we collaborate with is one of the main needs for that population is transportation. As you said, the transit system isn't ideal, especially if a lot of those folks have third shift jobs in the far reaches of the city and so mm-hmm. forth. Uh, it's hard to get back and forth perhaps can't afford a car or, or have other problems with, with, with driving. And so providing a bike to them gives them a, an option for transportation. Mm-hmm. So as a result, we're very supportive of some of the uh, improvements that the city's been making, like the bike lanes on 17th Street and mm-hmm. on, on North Broadway, especially, for example, North Broadway uh, goes to some of the major job centers mm-hmm. uh, for the lower income. We have a lot of clients that come in come in here and say that they are working up at Coleman or uh, uh, the packing plants, areas like that. Mm-hmm. So the bike lanes on on Broadway are very important to their access. What can we do to improve the commitment of, of the city to doing those sorts of projects? I think since we have started some of these 
projects and people are learning more about them. Um, that's one of the things that I feel like the city could do better is communication because finding out how people get their information is like half the battle. Like, do they get it from the Eagle? Do they get it from Facebook? Do they do they watch the news? There's so many things and programs. I mean, I'm pretty pretty well connected and get you know my sources all over the place but there's still so many things and so many programs that I can't believe that I don't know about Mm. already I think just making sure that we're telling the story and that includes the people that are utilizing the bike lanes and telling their story about how it's helping them in their everyday lives I think is the most important thing because that's what people want to know they would do whatever know to know that it's working and Wichita seems to have be behind the curve on some issues and we're finally kind of starting to catch up and I think with the pandemic you know I'm sure you guys saw so many more people get their bikes out that they hadn't been on in Mm -hmm. 10 years or whatever you know right or their kids have grown up so they don't do you know as many active things you know like they used to ride to the park or whatever I think once you start riding again you want to keep on riding so I think just some of the things that we're already doing, just continuing to do those and tell those stories is makes us want to continue to keep doing it and keep supporting programs and, and growing them. And um, I mean, I think that's what's important to me. And we don't we don't even know what we don't know. So if somebody's telling us, hey, we think you should do this, it's something that, you know, we can kind of take back to the drawing board and be like, you know what, that makes sense. You know, the, like the rails a trail, you know, like mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, somebody has to bring that to your attention so yeah I mean I think just great communication and storytelling is 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 what works for me to learn what we still need to do and then also know that what we're doing is the right thing okay that that makes sense another similar uh, concept that makes me uh, think of is that a lot of times when we advocate for things like the like the bike lane the on North Broadway Mm -hmm. we get the response well Nobody would ever ride their bike there. You know, why, why, would, why would you go there? A lot of that's because of the mindset that they're thinking of being recreational. Cyclists are not thinking of going to the jobs. Mm-hmm. And so one way to enhance that story that, you, that you're talking about, it seems to me, would be to improve the data collection, which really is a city function. There are counters uh, that, that count cyclists and pedestrians and so forth be useful to have more of those available for example uh, to uh, to actually get real numbers of how many people are are using things as opposed to having purely you know anecdotal evidence or or your own impression about what's going on there and I think too you know specifically to the bike lanes in Broadway most people know how busy Broadway is and how terrible the road was right mm-hmm. there before they replaced it and so you wouldn't want to ride your bike on Broadway so they it's hard for them to even understand that hey we've added the bike lane you know now it's down to it's not four lanes mm-hmm. so I think until they really see it and and see how effective it is for you wouldn't even think about riding mm-hmm. your bike you know down mm-hmm. Broadway because it's mm-hmm. dangerous I think some people still have you know that mindset and it does slow down traffic, but that was the point so that it's a little bit safer for people to, to commute. All right. Another area of overlap that we have is a focus on the neighborhood level. You've expressed a concern in several different contexts, including what we've already discussed about uh, today, that 
the neighborhood residents' needs are sometimes overlooked in, in favor of outside uh, interest. Mm-hmm. We have a, a neighborhood connector program that we have started where we have identified specific neighborhoods, Evergreen mm-hmm. uh, area, Fairmount area, and others where we have actually uh, hired, engaged people in the community to go out into the community and to look at where people are struggling, what kind of needs they have, especially in terms of the transportation, biking and walking and, tr- and transit and that sort of thing, and to try to engage uh, the community in how to make improvements in that area. Looking at your neighborhood, mm-hmm. for example, and maybe District 6 as a whole, are there specific areas that you think could be improved in those areas, the transit, uh, walking, biking? One of the biggest areas that has been kind of on the radar, I think you you guys are already addressing, and it's at like the 9th and McLean, Mm -hmm. where they're adding, I mean, I grew up at that pool my whole life, so um, we would ride our bikes and then, Mm -hmm. you know, hope that we didn't get hit crossing, Mm -hmm. you know, to get across the street, but I think just like little areas like that, that, you know, that's a really dangerous area coming around those curves. It's really narrow, so I think, you know, I'm really excited that they're working on putting the crosswalk there. I'm trying to think up by the, uh, I mean, it doesn't doesn't really have anything to do with um, bikes per se, but I mean, if they decide to do something with bikes around the 21st and Coolidge area, which is where the new car wash is, Mm. that is a really congested area Mm -hmm. right there. I would assume that some people probably cut through the neighborhood right there and maybe don't ride on on 21st Street. But it would be nice if you could ride down 21st Street. It's, you know, one of the main mm-hmm. main roads that would be easy to commute for people. But I can't think of anything off the top of my head about an area. You guys are doing great work in Delano. You know, the improvements that are being made over there, which mm-hmm. I think is awesome. And, you know, adding the bike lanes that you have in Midtown. I think people are just finally starting to get out and use mm-hmm. them and understand why they're there and maybe realize that it's not as scary as it might look. Um, so maybe people are, are starting to starting to utilize them. Okay. One area that I've uh, looked at lately is uh, the 11th and Bidding area. Mm-hmm. There was recently a, a crash there. Yes. A truck ran into the uh, our mm-hmm. coffee house there. Uh, which I'm sure uh, affected you yes. <laughs> uh, emotionally. And I understand from people in the area that that generally is a is a difficult intersection, that there's uh, speeding and, and other you know, dangerous traffic around there. Mm-hmm. The response so far has been to just put lights on the, uh, or I don't know whether they're, they're installed yet or just planned, but lights on the stop signs there yeah, to highlight. Okay, they are, yeah. uh, to highlight the fact that stop sign. Yeah. It seems to me that there could be other ways to deal with that that uh, might have a, a better impact and be less garish, if you will. For example, putting some sort of small traffic island or, or if you will mini roundabout mm-hmm. uh, in that. That would slow traffic going both ways, cause people to 
really look at, at where they're going and, and to be careful. Yeah, it's it's been a trouble spot for a really long time. I mean, I, when I worked there in the 90s, mm-hmm. you could stand there and people just blow through. Mm-hmm. I mean, really going both mm-hmm. ways, north and south and east and west. Mm-hmm. So, And then when I bought it in, in 2012, we talked about it was still a problem. And the city said it, you know, basically it was going to be too expensive to to get stop signs or the, with mm-hmm. the lights on them. And then the accident happened, and they said that there hasn't been a lot of documented accidents, but there's been a lot of documented like speeding and things mm-hmm. like that. So I'm like, well, it's equally terrible. But we did finally get the LED stop signs. They're only going north and south, so we were going to start there. I think it is helping quite a bit. But yeah, there's a lot of room for improvement. People just, they speed, they don't stop. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of kids. Um, the The sidewalks are not in great shape, even if you're, so if you're riding on the sidewalk, mm-hmm. that's an issue. Uh, then when you get up to um, Park Villa, there's not even, there's not a sidewalk on a small portion of mm-hmm. it. Um, right. And then the park, they have the sidewalk that goes diagonally through the park but Mm -hmm. there's not like a sidewalk i think there's definitely a lot of room for improvement and some of those improvements could probably be talked about here in the next couple of years because evergy wants to put their transmission poles like that's going to be a whole thing that we're working on over there yeah that's something that that is high on our list that we're talking about so if they're already going to be doing some work over there it might be um an option to talk about doing something with the bike lanes or what, whatever you guys okay. would suggest that okay. might be something that we could talk about at that time okay and yeah, it is i mean we're having those conversations about evergy like right now mm-hmm. as it gets a little bit closer to that i'm happy to loop you guys in on okay that'd be great the third area mm-hmm. uh, of overlap is uh, dealing with small businesses that as you described your background and yes. and again reading some of your material on mm-hmm. the on the internet and so forth i know that you're very interested in promoting the small businesses what can the city do to uh to do that i think just participate and and try to shop as local as we possibly can i think amazon and and walmart and target are all excellent and i'm guilty of of that too but i think just making sure that we are supporting our businesses and basically thanking them for being willing to invest in in our community there's lots of places that people could choose to open their businesses and so I just am so thankful for businesses that are willing to take a risk. I mean, right? When you open a mm-hmm. business or run a business, you're taking a risk and hoping that somebody else thinks it's as great as you do. And you have to build those relationships with your clients or customers and give them a reason to want to come back. I think that's that's really important. That That's basically our thank you is is supporting them. So I try to do that as often as I possibly can, probably sometimes too much. <laughs> but but we enjoy it, and, and I know from being on the other side how important that is. So I just try to do my part and encourage other people to do that as well. I think the city has some incentives, too. Right now they have the Propel program, which is like a kind of a loan program that they have. And there's, I think mm-hmm. there's over $100,000, and they don't have a very many applicants mm-hmm. for it. So I think, you know, we're really trying to encourage people and and we have a lot of opportunities right now but again it's it's getting the information out so the people even know about the opportunity it's interesting when you look at the city facebook page there's not a lot of views 
on stuff unless it's an eagle article so people aren't always paying attention so we need to that's not working we need to figure out something else or make the picture more inviting for them to click on it to get the information Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. like i mentioned earlier figuring out how people get their information is is half the battle i think the city does try we just need to do a better job about getting the information about those opportunities out there okay Focusing on the small businesses, one of the organizations that we follow and I, I really endorse is uh, called Strong Towns, and they really emphasize the advantages of strengthening small businesses. They really take it from an economic standpoint that a community that supports its small businesses and its neighborhoods is stronger uh, economically. Mm-hmm. It's uh, safer because it encourages the, the walking and biking rather than uh, having essentially highways out to the edges of town to the big box stores and that sort of thing. Healthier because people are uh, doing more activity, mm-hmm. more physical activity and so forth. And one of the things that they have done is to analyze a number of different cities on where their their wealth actually comes from, where, where their tax base is, and what they've found is that in most of the cities that they've that they've studied, the actual value of the city where they get the taxes, there's much more value in the older established neighborhoods and the older established small businesses mm-hmm. than there is in the newer developments, whether that be a, a small fast food franchise or a, or a larger big box store or something, that the tax impact on the city is much more favorable when the smaller businesses are supported and emphasized. And in fact, uh, Wichita did a, uh, a similar study in a, just a small area comparing the, the block where uh, Reverie uh, mm-hmm. Cocker Roaster is, is to, uh, to a block uh, east uh, over by uh, Wesley Hospital and showing that the old block with with Reverie uh, and some other smaller businesses there is much more valuable to the city than the than the development uh, for these that had the the bright shiny new uh, businesses and so forth. Mm-hmm. So we are really trying to get the city to do that kind of analysis, look at that sort of thing, as a as a means in part to support the small business, but also. To a part of that is to encourage the to, to encourage the walking and, and, and biking, which generates the business for those for those types of businesses. Right. So stepping back, what do you think that the most important thing is that Wichita can do to support biking and walking and, and transit? Kind of similar to what you said is is supporting those businesses that a lot of them have been there for a long time that have stood the test of time and they provide a great product you want to you're going to want to go there and I think you know like we were talking about around the coffee shop at 11th and bidding that has been there for a really long time and everybody walks there in the morning to get their coffee and continues on about their day you know there's not a lot of parking but they you know they figure it out and they could go to Starbucks, they could drive through McDonald's and pay a fraction of the price, but they it's important to support, you know, our little shop. Same with Leslie's and Reverie. I mean, really all of those places are incredible, old, cool buildings and 
they have a great product and even though it's not super convenient if you're driving it would be if you were walking you know I think they're they're important and and they've been there for a long time so obviously people um, appreciate them and want them to stay there but I think that's the best thing that we can do is just be supportive and if there is I'm a huge advocate for rehab so if there's some buildings that are old I mean I, I would rather rehabilitate those than just tear it down and start all over I mean there's something to be said about the the aesthetics of an of an older you know building and just the whole vibe that it has so um, I would have to totally agree with when you're talking about strong town that you know there's just something to be said for that and I'm always going to try to be as supportive as I possibly can. You're going to pay probably a little bit more, but I you get what you pay for, and I think that that's really important. So I think that would be my best suggestion. All right. Well, what would you urge citizens to do to improve Wichita to make it a better place to live? I would say you have to leave your house. <laughs> um, I know that, you know, that's been a little bit difficult during, during the pandemic, but I think <laughs> while people maybe were a little more cautious, maybe it did get people out and about, you know, to get on their bike because they could be safe and distanced from people, you know, that hadn't been on their bikes for, you know, a long time or whatever. So I think it could kind of go both ways as far as all the the good and and negative that came out of of the pandemic I think there were some good things that came out of it but I just encourage people there is always so many things to do in Wichita you just have to a know about them b and and be willing to leave you know we have some incredible museums especially Mm -hmm. if you live you know over in my area in Riverside you can walk Mm -hmm. to Cowtown Indian Center Botanica I mean there's always something going on and I think you know Wichita does a pretty good job of hosting a lot of different events to encourage people to go but I think our downtown is is starting to clean up a little bit you know NASCAR Park that tries to do a good job of offering you know lots of things to do outside adding the scooters in the last couple years uh, bike share all of those different things I think we're slow but sure um, encouraging people to to get out and basically providing everything that we need for them to do it think we're doing better but there's always room for improvement all right well is there anything that we haven't talked about that you'd like to address i'm excited that you guys seem to have a lot of things on the horizon what could we do for you well we often either appear before the city council or the or the dabs Mm -hmm. uh and just ask you to uh, to listen and fortunately i think i've been very impressed with really all of the city council members, how accessible they are and how willing they are uh, to listen to uh, input from, from citizens, how easy they are to, to get to, uh, to talk to in the first place Good. Uh, and to listen. So you know, we do try to uh, make an effort to, uh, to be aware of, of the different issues that affect things that we're interested in and uh, to speak up at the, at the different meetings. Awesome. Well, I would encourage you to, to keep doing that. Oh. You guys see things on bikes or, or hear about um, trouble spots or problems or issues. I've been impressed with how many people do like reach out and let us know, but I know there's a lot of things that we don't know, mm-hmm. and we don't know until until someone tells us. So I kind of ride the same route often, mm-hmm. you know, downtown, but. midtown, Riverside. We're branching out up into Evergreen a little bit. 
So we're getting real familiar with some of those areas, but you know, there's also a lot of other places to ride bikes. So well, or walk. We do have a second Sunday slow roll and stroll uh, every month, so be uh, very welcome to uh, to come on one of those. We have a, a ride and usually a walk both uh, in different areas of the city. We've had a couple up in Fairmount uh, recently. A lot of them are along the river, uh, close to the Riverside area, since that is such a great place to, to walk and ride. But yes. we've been at a number of different parks. So watch our Facebook page and come. Uh, and you can see other parts of the city as well. Yes, I so, will definitely do that. All right. If anyone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do? Sure. I'm pretty easy to find, of course, through any of the social media outlets, but also just um, my email for the city is just m ballard b-a-l-l-a-r-d at wichita.gov and i try to do a good job about um, getting back to people within a day or two all right well thank you yeah of course thank you very much for your your time and the conversation we enjoyed it uh, look forward to uh seeing uh your your work on the council going forward awesome thank you so much thank you Thank you, District 6 Council Member Maggie Ballard. It was wonderful to hear that you're just jumping in with both feet on all of the projects going on in District 6. I mean, that is really incredible how you are just so undaunted by the task in front of you. I would be pretty overwhelmed, I will say, if, if that was, you know, on my shoulders. I mean, just there is a lot of barriers and yeah. also just opportunities. Yes. Um, and so it is nice to uh, see her jumping in with both feet as a new council member and uh, really just listening to residents and taking those projects on. I attended the Amadon Bridge Project meeting um, that was held in District 6 uh, a couple weeks ago. And I was really impressed by the amount of residents and business owners, you know, that came out and engaged and actually provided some constructive input and ideas that I hadn't thought of and I, I could tell that staff hadn't thought of. Um, right, right. And I was very happy just to see that there are several options now mm -hmm. back on the table, whether they're going to close the bridge completely or whether they're going to be able to leave one to two lanes open. Um, just the fact that there's now options, that they're revisiting all of uh, the concerns. Um, I mean, this is going to be a major yeah. project for a year or two for right. the residents um, yes. and businesses in this entire area and that live all through Riverside and up into the Amadon areas. I'm very impressed with the city staff and uh, mm -hmm. with everybody at that meeting for really coming together to discuss yeah. this. Yeah. I mean, it, the bridge needs to be rebuilt. Yes. So yes. that is obvious. So uh, again, thank you, Council Member Maggie Ballard, um, for your leadership in District 6. So our April mental health moment, spring is definitely here. Life is getting super busy. And I just wanted to take a moment for everybody to remember to set some boundaries on your time and set some boundaries on your mental health. I mean, one thing the pandemic taught us is that we all were just going at such a breakneck pace before then and to just kind of slow down and really try to maintain a less hectic pace. Yeah. I don't know how we did it pre-pandemic, really looking back at schedules. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, not effect and, and probably not a very effective. So right. it is nice to have this opportunity, you know, slowing down, yeah. really re-examine yeah. what and we just want and how we can work smarter. Be intentional with 
your energy and where you put that and be sure that you take some time to do activities that recharge that energy. You know, protect your time, protect your mental health. We have mentioned a lot of the walks and rides we have coming up. We know that connecting with nature and walking really helps to reset and recharge you. Mm -hmm. So please just make space for that in your yeah. life. Even if it's 10 or 15 minutes that right. every day I am getting out and doing a 15 or 30 minute walk um, mm -hmm. after lunch, kind of that early afternoon, just to refocus, recharge. Right. Um, and get through the afternoon and evening uh, meetings and things that I have going on. And I'm just, I, I have to protect that. Yeah. So yeah, it's funny, Saturdays when I'm always, I'm trying to sneak out of recycle and staff and volunteers are really great now. They protect me and let me get out the door. So I get my walk. Right. Yeah. And then come and you, back. You have set that intention with them. Yeah. Set that boundary with them. Yeah. Yes. And just so you know, even on our group walks and rides, you know, if you don't want to walk alone, but you want to walk with a group, but maybe not necessarily completely interact with the group, you can still join us on a walk and just not be as social. I mean, yeah. we will give you space for that. Absolutely. You know, even if you join us, we will allow you to be as social or as solitary as you want to be. So please don't feel uncomfortable about coming to a group walk or ride and feeling like you have to engage with people in, on a really high level because Absolutely. we don't really expect that. No. Please take care of your mental health. Watch how your calendar builds up and just make some space for you. For the April Spotlight, we would like to recognize our great friend and partner, Nikayla Pack. Nikayla is with WSU's Office of Engagement and many of you probably recognize her from her leadership within the Shocker Neighborhood Coalition, um, which right now is really focusing on addressing food inequities in Fairmount and kind of that surrounding neighborhood. They are doing amazing work and we are excited to partner. Another project uh, that we are partnering um, with WSU and with District 1's Community Service Representative Tasha Hayes, shout out to Tasha, is to activate the Redbud Trail that really runs through these historically redlined neighborhoods. We've just recently written uh, some small grants and are getting ready to install the brand new wayfinding and etiquette signage and the mile markers from the grant that we secured from Wesley Healthcare. So I can't wait to see how those turn out. Yes, very exciting. And Nikayla has and Tasha have gone above and beyond Nikayla's passion is just, it's evident that she yes. wants to help improve neighborhoods and really reduce barriers. Um, and it's just, it's evident throughout her work and, and her personality. So really appreciate everything that she does. And, and really also the fact that she's interested in building really strong collaborations that are going to mm -hmm. be sustainable. That is really where she focuses. So thanks, Nikayla. And we are really looking forward to see what's next in Northeast ICT. Just as our volunteers make the magic happen, our local business sponsors are also vital partners who not only make Wichita a better place to shop, dine, and work, but also support our mission to make Wichita a more connected, accessible city that supports everyone biking, walking, and rolling around. As our city opens back up, please shop local and support these businesses who work to make our city safer for you.
REI at K96 in Greenwich carries high quality adventure gear, clothing, bikes, lightweight camping equipment, and food to support your next hike or bike trip. Bicycle Exchange is Wichita's largest bike shop featuring all styles of bikes by Trek, Gary Fisher, Fuji, Felt, Electra, Surly, and a wide range of bike accessories, gear, and clothing. They are located in Delano. Drop in and check out their selection. And Gary's Monday Night Ride starts this month. Bicycle Peddler is our local specialized dealer located on Rock Road near Central. Bicycle Peddler has a growing selection of exciting bike apparel, accessories, and a full range of services. So check out their new website featuring local rides and events. Pedago Wichita has recently opened their new location in Bradley Fair next to Trader Joe's. Pedago features a colorful assortment of electric bikes from cruisers to cargo options. Drop in and test ride one today. You can also rent their e-bikes. The Kansas Department of Transportation provides an annual grant to purchase lights for all of our bikes that roll out of Recycle, and also they support Operation Firefly Outreach to help make our streets safer for all users. Wesley Healthcare, as I mentioned, has provided the grant to install the mile markers and wayfinding signage along the Redbed Path. The signage will not only help residents identify nearby businesses, parks, and services, but will also assist emergency services in locating you quicker in the case of an emergency. Wesley wants to do everything they can to help you be active and healthy every day. Thank you, Wesley. Visionary Print can help with your podcast, video, and promotional materials. Check out our online store for all sorts of bike walk merchandise and our calendar. InSpirit Kombucha will help you reach your health goals this year with their refreshing beverages that you can find in many local retailers throughout the city. And a better bar service is ready to help you take your next social gathering to the next level by, by providing a professional, fun bar service. So thanks again to all of these local businesses who help make our city better for you. Well, it looks like our time is up. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope to see you around town. If you are interested in taking action, connecting us with your neighborhood, or have an idea for 2022, please let us know. Thanks again to District 6 Council Member Maggie Ballard, Alan Kyler for the awesome interview, and for Amy joining me for this episode of the Bike Walk Wichita podcast. Thank you, Kim. We'll see you out and around town.